I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today, we're going to talk about, okay, actually answer the age-old question, how can I give up those sugar cravings? People come to me every day, and the big questions I get are, where do you get your protein from if you eat a plant-based diet, which is what I do? And the other one is, how do I give up these sugar cravings? So first, I want to start with some foods that surprisingly contain more sugar than a Krispy Kreme donut. Now, a lot of people come to me and say, Dr. Joe, in fact, right before I came on the studio today, one of my, one of my coworkers stopped me. He said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. We sat and chatted for a few minutes. And he works out. and He's, he's eating right. And he says, I, I'm eating really good. And then he kind of told me what he's eating. And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. But a lot of people come to me and say, Dr. Joe, I'm eating healthy. I eat these bars, these health bars, and I can't understand why I can't lose weight. I can't understand why my blood pressure won't go down. And a lot of it has to do with these hidden sugars. So let's talk about this. A Luna bar, you know what a Luna bar is, right? Okay, it, that's the same sugar as 1.1 Krispy Kreme donuts. Starbucks Grande Latte, 1.7 Krispy Kreme donuts. A Subway six-inch sub with the onion teriyaki chicken, 1.7 Krispy Kreme donuts. Eight ounces of orange juice, 2.2 Krispy Kreme donuts. So a lot of people say, Dr. Joe, I'm going to have orange juice for breakfast. Not a good idea. And we're going to talk about the sugars in orange juice and the fructose and why fruit is way better than fruit juice. That's one of the questions my coworkers asked, so I thought I'd cover that too today. But orange juice, you think you're doing yourself a favor? You're not. Okay, you'll play yogurt. 2.7 Krispy Kreme donuts. So what would you rather have, a little container of yogurt or 2.7 donuts? Vitamin water. This is a funny one. I always left that vitamin water. 3.3 Krispy Kreme donuts. A cupcake, red velvet cupcake. 4.5 Krispy Kreme donuts. California Pizza Kitchen. Chicken salad, 4.5 Krispy Kreme donuts. The Adwala Superfood, 12 ounces, is the same sugar as five Krispy Kreme donuts. So I gave you some things there to start thinking about. You're thinking to yourself, well, Dr. Joe, I have this juice every day, and it's really healthy for me because it's juice. Well, now you got to look at the sugar content. So it may have some benefits to it, but chances are it has some downside. And also, if you're buying commercially made juices, like fruit juices and vegetable juices, many times they're... Uh, pasteurized. And so a lot of the nutrients are destroyed. So we're going to talk about some of the dangers of sugar. Now, some experts argue that sugar is sugar. In fact, that was an argument I had with, well, not an argument, discussion I had with my coworker. And he said, well, my sister says sugar is sugar. And I said, no, there's different types of sugar. And there are different types of sugar. And tests with subjects in strict clinical trials who were monitored for 24 hours a day, who consumed something called high fructose corn syrup, had a higher risk for cardiovascular disease within two weeks. Something as simple as that, high fructose corn syrup. Other studies indicate if you limit your sugar, no matter what form you get it in, you decrease your risk of developing things like cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer. What's even more startling is that there's a growing number of studies that are showing that the more sugar you eat, the less satisfied you are. How many people have that problem? I get like that. It's just the way the body works. I'm going to talk about the chemistry of why that happens in a second. And I always tell the story of being in New York one time, and I found a vegan bagel. And I said, oh, I'm from, I'm from New Hoboken, New Jersey, originally. And I had a bagel. I hadn't had a bagel in a while. I had this bagel. It was delicious. What did I want? More bagels. So once you start eating sugar, you want to eat more sugar. 
And that's where the problem comes in. So this is a perfect example of how the conventional medical establishment uh, for years have been behind the times. And it's going to take them several years to catch up to the truth. The problem with sugar isn't just the weight gain. It's a growing body of evidence that shows the fructose can trigger processes that lead to liver toxicity and a host of other chronic diseases. So more sugar, more diseases. High fructose corn syrup, that came onto the market pretty recently, about 1975. So food and beverage manufacturers started quickly beginning to switch their sweeteners from sucrose, which is table sugar. And by the way, sucrose, white table sugar, half fructose, half glucose. Glucose is the sugar that your body uses as fuel. So if I'm going to eat any type of sugar, or really just about anything, if it's going to be broken down into fuel, it, it, it creates a glucose. And in fact, if you uh, don't eat any sugar, if you're eating a high-protein diet, the body will start to convert protein in the liver through a process called gluconeogenesis to produce glucose, because the cells like glucose. So if you're going to eat plain old table sugar, half fructose, we can talk about that in a second, half glucose, the kind your body needs. So the corn syrup, what they, when they discovered it, they found out they could save a lot of money. Sucrose, white table sugar, costs about three times as much as high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is also about 20% sweeter than table sugar. So here we have a product, one-third the cost, 20 times sweeter. If I'm manufacturing a product and I want you to eat my product, I'm going to use this product, high fructose corn syrup, because you're going to eat more of it and I'm going to make more money. So you need less to achieve the same amount of sweetness with high fructose corn syrup. Cost less, you use less. Around that same time, dietary fats were being blamed for heart disease. I remember that in the 70s. And they said, heart disease, bad. Uh, it's due to fat, and so you have to go into this low-fat craze. The low-fat diets came out. And that resulted in an explosion of processed non-fat and low-fat convenience foods. I remember that. Low-fat cookies, low-fat everythings. Most of which tasted like sawdust unless you added fructose. So now fructose comes onto the market. The, the low-fat craze comes onto the market. Bam, a perfect marriage. So we're making these fat-free products more palatable by adding fructose. And yet, as the fat-free craze spread, rates of heart disease, diabetes, obesity skyrocketed. Here's the thing. If you remember, if you're old enough, if you were in high school in the 70s, there was one or two people that were overweight. Now, I used to be fat, so I can say the F word on, 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 when I'm on the air. So there was one or two fat kids. Everybody else was pretty thin. Now, we have the exact opposite. And so what's happening is high fructose corn syrup has come into play, and people are eating this, which now causes you to gain weight. Now, it's not that difficult to see that trading fat for sugar wasn't a good move. And at the heart of it all is the fact that excessive fructose consumption leads to insulin resistance. Now, let me back up with insulin resistance here. When you eat a sugar, breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, any type of sugar, the body releases insulin to take the glucose from that sugar and carry it. it what the insulin does, it goes into the cell and opens up the cell. It's kind of like a lock and a key. The insulin is a key. It opens up the cell. Sugar goes in. Glucose goes in. And the cell uses glucose. The more sugar you eat, the more insulin has to be released to open up more cells to get the glucose out of the blood system. Well, there's a problem. If you keep bombarding these cells with insulin, the cells start to say, hold on, wait a minute. I can't take any more sugar. It's going to gunk up the works. So I'm going to stop insulin from opening me up to allow the sugar in. The cells become resistant to the insulin. There's the word insulin resistance. There's another word for insulin resistance. What do you think that's called? Type 2 diabetes. 
And so if you're eating a lot of sugar, you're producing a lot of insulin. Type 1 diabetes, you're not producing insulin. Type 2 diabetes, you are producing insulin. You're just not, it, the, the cells can't utilize it anymore, so the sugar stays in the blood. Then the sugar has to get out of the blood, goes back into the liver, and gets stored as glycogen. Glycogen is your backup storage of energy. So if I'm working out, if I don't skip a meal, if I do skip a meal, I start to get a little hungry, my body kicks in the glycogen stores to give me glucose to make my cells run. After I run out of glycogen, the body then starts using fat. But here's the thing. If you have too much sugar, it stores as glycogen. Once the glycogen stores are filled up, the body converts that sugar into triglycerides, which are stored as fat. So the more sugar you eat and the, less, the more insulin resistance you have, the more blood sugar there's going to be, the more fat you're going to get. This is how you get fat from eating sugar. And high fructose corn syrup is really bad because it contributes to all this. Now, insulin resistance appears to be the root of many, if not most, chronic diseases. If we can get the insulin resistance and the insulin usage normal, many diseases either get better or go away. How do we do that? We stop producing insulin. How do we do that? We stop eating sugar. So insulin resistance has been found to be an underlying factor of cancer. Fructose also raises something called uric acid levels. If you've listened to my shows before, you've heard me talk about uric acid. Fructose has to be converted into glucose, and in the process, we create uric acid. Uric acid gets into the joints, and it hurts. Now, my team of doctors were chiropractors. We want to get you out of pain. So even if we gave you the best chiropractic care available, and I think my doctors are some of the best in the world, if not the best in the world, what happens is if you're eating high fructose corn syrup or fructose converting it to uric acid, it's going to get in your joints. And it, within minutes of the ingestion, it's going to start to wreak havoc on your blood pressure. So not only is it getting your joints and it hurts, it's going to raise your blood pressure. And so uric acid hurts, raises blood pressure. But here's the other thing. Uric acid prevents your body from producing nitric oxide. Nitric oxide opens up your blood vessels and increases circulation. This is why one of the products I have on my website, drjoe.com, is a nitric oxide support. And a nitric oxide support opens up the blood vessels, can help lower blood pressure, which is great. But a lot of people need the nitric oxide because they're not producing nitric oxide because the high fructose corn syrup is preventing it from being produced. So yes, I'd love to sell you some products, but I'd rather you give up the high fructose corn syrup altogether. And so blood pressure can go up, insulin production goes up, and kidney function can be challenged because of all the pressure. Scientific studies have linked fructose to 78 different diseases and health problems. More than one study has detected unsafe mercury levels in high fructose corn syrup. Let me say that again. Mercury is being found in high fructose corn syrup. How much mercury does your body need? Zero. So if you're getting mercury into your body, that's dangerous. It can cause neurological issues. And again, as a team of chiropractors, we want to make your nervous system work as as good as possible. And if you're short-circuiting it with mercury, it's like throwing a wrench into an electrical system, that's not good. Where else can we get mercury from? Well, high fructose corn syrup, fish. Okay, this is why I'm not not a big fan of eating fish, because most fish is mercury in it. Um, You can get it from vaccines. Uh, You can get it from car exhaust. So there's a lot of places we can get mercury into our system. Why would you want to put it into your system if you can avoid it, specifically here in a high fructose corn syrup? Now, if you have children, All these contaminants can impact a child's development and have an adverse effect on their brain. So that's a bad thing. So there's long-term side effects that can be linked to things like mercury and now the fructose. So 
I, I, what I'm getting is I don't want you to do high fructose corn syrup or fructose unless it's in the form of a whole fruit. Fruit juice, not a good idea. Fruit, good idea. I'm going to talk about that a little later. So crystalline fructose, which is a super potent form of fructose that the food and beverage industry is now using, may can turn things like arsenic, lead, chlorine, heavy metals. We talked about the mercury. Nearly all corn syrup, which we get high fructose corn syrup from, is made from genetically engineered corn. And if you've heard my shows on genetically engineered food, I'm not a big fan. So for example, uh, a Bt toxin, which is found in genetically engineered corn, has been detected in the bloodstream of 93% of pregnant women. And 80% of umbilical cords tested positive for this toxin as well. There's already plenty of evidence that the Bt toxin produced in genetically modified corn and corn uh, plants is toxic to humans and mammals and can trigger autoimmune responses. Now, I've been in practice about 34 years now. I didn't see hardly any autoimmune diseases when I first got in practice. Now I see them almost every day. That's how scary this is getting. So I'm really concerned about this, and this is why we're talking about sugar. And if we have time later, I'm going to tell you how to break those sugar habits. Now, how do you get well? I'm going to cover this. I'm going to go back to this in just a second. But the nervous system controls everything. And we talked about mercury can get into the nervous system, but you can also pinch a nerve. If a bone moves out of place, you can pinch a nerve. If you pinch a nerve, it hurts. So step number one, if somebody has a pinched nerve, chiropractically, we can put the bones back in place and help get rid of their pain. So if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, folks, if you've ever been in a car accident, if the car was damaged, you were damaged. And even if you don't have pain yet, you will. Because here's the thing, 90% of your nerves don't feel pain. So you can have a pinched nerve and know it, or you can have a pinched nerve and not know it. So if you have a pinched nerve, that's a serious sign. It's telling you something's wrong. Go to my website and make an appointment to come see us. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We would love to be your doctors. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you have pains and, and digestive issues and you just want to get well, go to our website, drjoe.com, and let's stop the suffering. The biggest complaint I get from my patients is, why didn't I do this sooner? So go to my website. You can do it right now, drjoe.com, and make an appointment right online. If you have any questions, you can call us, but you can do it right online. Now, what happens is the, the fact that blood flows through our body and it passes through the umbilical cord into the, into the fetuses that may help explain the rise in many disorders in the U.S. since BT crop uh, varieties have been introduced since 1996. Now, is this the cause of all child problems? No. Is it a contributor? I believe it is. Two-thirds of the U.S. population is overweight, and most of these people likely have high uric acid levels because of what we just talked about. There's no secret that we are eating more sugar than any other time in history. In the 1700s, the average person ate four pounds of sugar a year. Today, about 25% of all Americans consume 134 grams of fructose a day. That kind of consumption equates to about 100 pounds of sugar per year. So four pounds a year to 100 pounds a year. So we know sugar is bad, but here are some ways to start giving up the sugar, because that's the big question everybody says. What, how can I give up my sugar, Doc? Okay, there's several things we want to do. Um, if you think oatmeal and yogurt are healthy foods, I want you to read the label. Flavored instant oatmeal often is a vehicle for sugar, and there are about three teaspoons added to each packet. So yogurt is another sneaky sugar food. That's what we're going to talk about now. We're going to talk about sneaky sugar foods. Because when the sugar gets into the body, it can raise your risk of diseases. The fructose can raise your risk of uric acid, raise the level of uric acid, which prevents nitric oxide production. Sugar converts into fat, which we talked about. And so you can be putting on a lot of weight 
by eating sugar. And so people think, well, I could go to a, a, a high-protein diet. Okay, so we went through fads, and I'm old enough to remember the fads. So the first fad was the uh, low-fat diet. You got to cut out the fat. We started eating low-fat foods. Everybody gained weight. Not everybody, but heart disease increased, cancer increased, and we started getting a problem. So then we said, okay, that's not a good idea. What else can we do? Here's an idea. Let's eat a lot of pr protein. Let's eat a lot of meat. Dr. Atkins came along. And Dr. Atkins said, okay, you're going to eat meat, and you could live on steak and bacon and hamburgers, and you're going to lose weight. And did it work? Yes, it worked. It takes a lot of energy to break down food. Number one consumer of energy we have as humans is romance. The number two consumer of energy is digestion. And the hardest thing to digest is animal protein. So if we're eating bacon and eggs and we're eating uh, steaks and we're eating hamburgers, yeah, we're going to use up a lot of energy and we're probably going to lose weight. Here's the problem. When you start putting animal protein into your body, the animal protein has to be broken down. Most cases, it's not broken down. If you listened to our show last week, and it's on the website, drjoe.com, we talked about the anatomy and physiology of digestion, how your body breaks foods down. And your stomach's job is to take proteins, steak, or even proteins from a carrot, and unwind them. Proteins are like a little ball, and it unwinds them, and then it passes into the small intestine where the pancreas sends out more enzymes to break it up into something called amino acids. If you're eating excessive amounts of animal protein, you don't have enough digestive enzymes or, or acids to break them down, and so now they pass into your, into your small intestine partially digested where they can cause an inflammatory reaction. And when the colon inflames, you have some real serious problems. You may have gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, irritability. And so it's really important that we don't eat too much animal protein, and in fact, I talk about this a lot, that I've seen a lot of kidney disease in my practice in the past few years. Didn't see those problems before. When did I start seeing them? When people started getting on these high-protein diets and these high-sugar diets. Because sugar creates insulin resistance, which puts a strain on the kidneys. Then breaking down protein puts a strain on the kidneys. And now we start to see kidney failure. I would say about three or four patients a week now come into our office, sometimes with the kidney failure as their primary issue, Sometimes they have neck pain, back pain. Maybe they were in car accidents. And they come to us and they say, oh, by the way, I'm in stage three kidney failure, stage four kidney failure. At stage four kidney failure, dialysis or kidney replacement is the next step. And I tell them all the time, you've got to cut out these high-protein meals. So the, high, the low-fat craze came in. Then the high-protein phase came in. Of course, with meat, you have steroids, hormones, chemicals, antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, tranquilizers, genetically modified foods, nitrosamines, um, heterocyclic amines, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. All of these things that are in the animal products or when you cook the animal products are not good for you. And so we, now we said, okay, maybe that high-protein diet wasn't a good idea. All right, people started getting away from the high-protein diet and then came along the high-fat diet. Okay, that's the new craze, eat a lot of fats. Okay, I see some benefit to cutting out the heavy proteins and the carbs. We're running out of the macronutrients. We're cutting out, it's carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, what we call the macronutrients, the big ones. And if we're not eating sugar, we're not eating fat, car, fat meats or proteins, now we got to eat the fats. So if you eat the fats, if you go on a ketogenic diet, studies now show that it might help you lose weight. And it does. I've seen a lot of people go on a ketogenic diet and lose weight. Now the long-term studies are coming out. Long-term studies are showing that long-term use of the ketogenic diet, the high-fat diet, can increase your risk of heart disease. 
Dr. Joe, this is very frustrating. I don't know what to do. It's so confusing. One person says more carbs. One person says less carbs, more fats, high, fat, high protein, low protein. Man, is this confusing. The answer is yes. It is confusing. However, once you understand the answer, it's real simple. You want to eat foods in their whole food state. Because that's the new trend now, by the way, is plant-based. Now, I became a vegan 32 years ago, and that was a word. And it was a style, a lifestyle, no animal products. So what happened was people went vegan, and they started eating things like breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, brownies, and that was great. I was still vegan. I wasn't eating animal products, and they weren't healthy. So we said, okay, what can we do now if that's not healthy? We're not eating the animal products. That's good. We're not eating a lot of the processed, well, we are eating processed sugar sometimes, of wheats and dairies. So now we're going to the new phrase, the new trend is going to be plant-based. And I like this one. Plant-based means you're eating mostly whole foods in the form that they were picked. So for example, if I'm going to have an apple, which has a lot of sugar in it, that's okay. If I juice the apple, that's not okay. Because when I eat an apple, apple's going to have fiber in it. And fiber is going to push the sugar through my colon, but the fiber is also going to block up some of the receptor sites where sugar is being absorbed. If you listened to the show last week, we talked about, a lot about receptor sites. And so it blocks up the receptor sites so you can't absorb the sugar. So it's pushing it through the colon and you're not absorbing it as quickly or not at all. And so an apple is going to be a much better choice than apple juice. Why? The apple is whole food, plant-based. And that's the trend that finally makes sense. The high fat, the high carb, the low carb, the high protein, none of that ever made sense to me. What if we just ate the food that nature intended us to eat in the form that it's designed to eat, which is a whole food plant-based diet? So what does that look like in a regular world? I want you to have a salad at least once a day. Okay, usually my lunch, in fact, my lunch today is a salad. And you can buy this big clamshell of, of organic uh, lettuce at some of the discount grocery stores for about $3.50, maybe $4. You could easily make five or six salads out of it. Throw a cucumber in there. Get yourself some nutrients from the cucumber. Use some apple cider vinegar as part of the dressing. It alkalizes the system and neutralizes a lot of toxins in the body. Stimulates your digestive system. Throw some sunflower seeds in there if you want to to give it a little crunch. I always add nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast has a type of beta-glucan that can stimulate the immune system and keep you healthy. And I've done a lot of shows. If you go to the website, drjoe.com, listen to the shows on cold and flu. And we talk about the importance of beta-glucan from nutritional yeast and how it can prevent cold and flu by about 30%, about the same as most vaccines. And if you do get sick, it reduces the symptoms and severity by about 50%. So something as simple as two or three tablespoons, actually half a teaspoon of nutritional yeast is all you need, but that should be one meal a day. It's quick, it's easy, it's cheap. It's gonna make you feel good, you're gonna be lighter. You're not gonna fall asleep at three o'clock in the afternoon like so many people do. Uh, for breakfast, I always have Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. That's the minimum amount of nutrients you should be eating every single day. If you're not taking Super Greens and Essential Source, go to my website, drjoe.com, and order it. Why? Because you need those nutrients. I cannot start my day without Super Greens and Essential Source. The two powders, I mix it with coconut milk or almond milk. I use the regular version. It sweetens it up a little bit. Tastes great. Goes down quick. Very inexpensive. What an amazing way to start your day. And if you're not doing it, you're really shortchanging yourself. Then I might have a piece of fruit, not fruit juice, a piece of fruit. Maybe I'll have a little oatmeal if I want to get crazy. Um, and then lunch is usually a couple of handfuls. Oh, a snack is usually a couple of handfuls of nuts. And then lunch is usually a salad, if unless I have a business meeting. And sometimes I'll go to a place where there's a salad bar and have a meeting there. 
Because if I go to a business meeting, it's not all about food. It's about whatever business we're doing. And so I don't want people to feel weird that I eat weird, you know. So I'll, I'll let them eat whatever they want. And then dinner varies. But I, I've always been plant-based. I've been plant-based for, gosh, I don't know how many years now. I didn't know it was, plant, I didn't know it was even called plant-based when I was plant-based. So if you can do those simple things, take the nitric oxide to open up your blood vessels if you need that. At least the super green is the essential source. If you're eating cooked food, I recommend digestive enzymes as well. Whenever I eat a cooked meal, I take digestive enzymes to take the stress off my digestive system. Go to my website, listen to the show last week on digestive systems. All of that's great. But if you don't have a normally functioning nervous system, you're not going to get the benefits that you need. So if you have, how do you know you have a pinched nerve or a malfunctioning nervous system? Neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, muscle weakness, fatigue. I'm just tired all the time, doc. I got headaches. If that's your case, you need to come see us. Now, 90% of the nerves don't feel pain, so you can have a pinched nerve and not know it. So if you're serious about wanting to get well, if you're ready to go to the next level, actually several levels higher, make an appointment to come see us. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. I know this show goes all over the world. We can always do a nutritional consult over the phone, or we can do it on Skype if you want to, and we can do that for anybody. Uh, but if you want to come see us, go to the website, drjoe.com, make an appointment. If you've ever been in a car accident, ever, if the car was damaged, you were damaged. I had three cases last week, minor damage to the car, all of them were hurt. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, want to make an appointment, go to the website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on the WSB Radio app.